Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. O'er yonder, where the marsh mist clears, lies the unknown valley. Between its orchards lies a road, where April blossoms show and shower the hedgerows in petal snow. And following the horse-hoof tracks, the bell tower rises to meet you. There, between the graveyard and the river's bend, the willow waves its boughs, Pointing always to the moon underwater. Robin. Hello. I didn't see you there hiding amongst all the books in the library, covering yourself in tomes as per. Covered in sheaves. Covered in sheaves and uh, dusk jackets. And what's the name for the first page of a book? It's got a special name. Page one. Ah, that's it. Yes. Covering yourself in page ones. Yeah. Uh, But have you seen what's going on outside, for goodness sake? Well, yeah. I have, actually. I was a bit annoyed. Oh, right. What was it? Um, It was because there was a big... um, uh, It's the ballet again, isn't it? Yes, it's the outdoor ballet here in the correct realm. And they make such a song and dance, which is, you know, let's be fair, what a ballet is. Part and parcel. Yeah, you can't have a go at them for creating a song and dance in the midst of a ballet. But it's... Do you know what, Robin? For me, it's the litter. (laughs) Yeah. It is the litter. Of yeah. the dancers, because a lot of their clothing is sort of uh, home-fashioned, and you've got all sort of bits and bobs and paraphernalia and bows of it all. The bows of it all. The bows of it all. They they get through a lot of crisps, crisp packets. They do. Luckily, the the sweeping force are out because I would the last thing I would want is for our guest this week to a miss the ballet but see the litter. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good proverb. Yes, you don't want to miss the ballet but see the litter. Yeah. Because, you know, I think if, at the very least, if litter is caused in the pursuit of the arts, there's yeah. there's something for it. But I, I wouldn't want them to think that there was sort of any sort of fly tipping going on no. here. But the yeah, path has now been cleared outside the moon underwater. And in no too soon a time, may I add, uh, because here, stomping up to the front door of the moon underwater, is this week's guest... And in walketh she. It's Maisie Adam. Hello, Maisie. 
Hello, how are you guys? Very good. Good, thanks. Did you did you catch some of the sweepers whistling their mournful tone? The sweeping Swan Lakers. <laughs> yes, I think it's a few of the refrains of our old friend Swan Lake had got lodged inside their bonces and were being whistled out at quite some pace. Um, but to do pull up a pew, and when I say pull up a pew, I'm afraid it is only pews here this evening. Just pews? Yeah, it, I don't know why. It's got some religious bent since it gave birth to a calf of, of, a, of an outdoor pub earlier in the year. It's, it's got very religious in its old age. But they, they've got quite nice fleur-de-lis carved into the back of them, those sort of holes. Oh, OK, that's all right. I love a pew. Do you? Yeah, love a pew. Do they have those cushions underneath? Yes, kneeling cushions and also cushions... Well, there's no way to uh, to sugar this pill, but for the arse. Mm. For the arse. Arse cushions and kneeling cushions. What more could you want in a pub? I suppose all cushions are arse cushions, really, aren't they, if you think about it? They can be. They can be. And what are knees, if not the bum of the leg? <laughs> Get that printed on a T-shirt. You're coming yes. out with the proverbs tonight, John. That's another Yes, thing. well, uh, I'm feeling rather proverbial, I think. So what was it? Don't miss the ballet and see. Don't see the litter and miss the ballet and the, uh, the knees of the bum of the leg. What are the knees if not the bum of the leg? Yes. Yes. So Maisie, it's a delight to have you here. Uh, our paths have crossed a couple of times in the uh, the other realm, but you you're a, are you a Brighton resident? Yeah, I live in Brighton now. I love it. One of the great pub towns. I think perhaps underrated as a pub town. Yes. A hundred percent agree there. There's so many. I love it. There's so many good pubs. I've lived there like five years now. In fact, I think the last time I saw you, John, you you recommended a great pub. It's the one that's got the little. You open these little doors inside it. What's that one called? Basket makers. Is Basket makers. Yeah. Basket makers. I went on your recommendation and it was delightful. But that's what I love about it. It's like even now, five years. Since living here, I'm still going to like new pubs and and finding some little gems. They're great. I've got three very nice ones all within walking distance of the flat. What more could you want? Oh, what are the nice pubs near you? The Open House, the Preston Park Tavern and the Signalman. I've been to all three of those pubs. Have you? Yeah. Did we do Brighton Comedy Garden together? Yes. Did you go after that? I think we went to all three and only one of one of them was closed. One of them was like doing that annoying thing where they're sort of, they're trying to clear up and yeah. don't want anyone to come in, even though it's technically open. Yes. Uh, and then one of them was open and we went there for a drink with uh, Emma Inch, uh, the Brighton-based oh, beer writer. Do you ever go to the Evening Star? Yes, yes, I've been there mm. before. That's lovely. And there's one called, because in, in Brighton, for those unfamiliar with it, on the west of the sort of main road that bisects Brighton, there's all these little lanes. Yeah. It's a really cool part of the world, really. But they're not the, the best pub lanes. No. Because the, the pub lanes are sort of between those lanes and the beach, down in the sort of little nooks and crannies. And there's, I think, one called the Cricketers Arms. Yeah, Cricketers. That's really nice. It's super old. Super, super old. Just a great Victorian boozer. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. There's the Bath Arms down there as well and the Black Lion. Oh, it's lovely. It is. I always get confused. There's the Hand in Hand and the Heart in Hand, isn't there? Yeah, and then there's a Hare and Hounds, 
there's even then when John said the evening star, there's the evening star, there's the earth and stars. I would say this about Brighton is they aren't overly imaginative with the names <laughs> and you end up going much of this conversation going, which one's that again? Which one's that? Yeah. Because they're they're not overly there's a there's a bat and ball and a ball and <laughs> well it can't be a ball and bat but there's a there's a lot that sound very very similar. One of my favourites is the Great Eastern. Where's that? Oh, if you've not been to the Great Eastern, it's an absolute belter. I mean, it's literally. I mean, I'm about to contradict what I said. It's just uh, just next to the lanes on, oh, on Trafalgar Street. Trafalgar Street. Yeah, that is a hum humdiddly ding dong of a pub oh that one oh yeah no that is nice i have been in there that's very nice they do great guinness there yeah so amazing we've we've met in the 2017 so you think you're funny finals oh my god 2017 <laughs> yeah Five years. that's things mad. have gone so well for you since then thanks mate you too it's been lovely hasn't it what time <laughs> yes. yeah it's great it was such a fun evening What's your kind of memory of that? Because mine, mine is kind of uh, mixed. I was so nervous. Yeah. Then you, then you smashed up the toilets, didn't you? Right? <laughs> I smashed up the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that. You know that afterwards they email you the video. Yes. Of you playing, and I, I, I replied to them saying, um, "I said, sort of, oh, thanks so much for sending it. I feel like you could have like a room mic in because you can't really hear the laughter." And they, and they replied saying, uh, "We did." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, no, no! They definitely didn't. They just, definitely just didn't. I watched definitely mine didn't. as well, and I was like, I mean, I know I was nervous, but it definitely went better than the video <laughs> would suggest. Because yeah. of course, you do that competition, so you think you're funny, and think, well, whatever happens tonight, I'll get that video of me performing in quite a large room at quite a prestigious competition, and I can send that to all these bookers. And I watched mine back and I won the bloody thing. And I was watching it back going, I just looked like I died on my ass for eight minutes. <laughs> no, it was quality. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been, but it's been so good to see you go, you know, go from strength to strength. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. I, I, I would say um, there would there should have been like better pub options after that night. Yeah, I remember that. I remember going through to the room and David O'Doherty was one of the judges. Yes. And he just do a very cool move, which I like, just grabbing a gin and tonic off the big big tray of gin and tonics. So it wasn't really clear if we should have one or not, but it didn't matter to DOD. Just grabbed one. I liked it. But yeah, it was kind of it was hard to get a drink afterwards. That's what I remember about it. It was very, very busy very hard. after party. It's the So You Think You're Funny party directly after So You Think You're Funny. Yeah, you're given these tickets, but then you have to kind of speak to someone to get the ticket. And, you know, it's sort of like, it feels like you're in a riddle. Yes. It's one of the great awful parties of Edinburgh. <laughs> At the most recent one, I went up with my little drinks tokens and they were like, oh, it's just the cocktails. And the cocktails were all like, I'll be honest, on an evening in Edinburgh, what you want is just a good pint. Well, I I do, and instead it was like a frozen a frozen woo woo that I was having to queue <laughs> up for, and I felt a bit like I was at a kid's birthday party walking around with a brightly coloured frozen drink in a plastic cup. <laughs> a frozen woo woo does 
does yeah. sound like the sort of thing you'd have to treat an explorer for who who got lost and yeah well Maisie we t- talked about your pubs of present but what of your pubs of the past where did you grow up and what was the pub scene well I grew up in a very very small village um in well in North Yorkshire technically but my nearest city is Leeds but in my village there was there was originally two pubs the Harewood and the Black Swan. And about 10 years ago now, the Harewood became a co-op. R.I.P. Rest in pubs. Honestly, honestly. And it was such a good one as well. I really liked We often went like for Sunday lunch there. And then it was very much the Black Swan was the place. I don't, you do, do you ever think it's just sort of, um, they're a big fish in a small pond? Because... We thought it was the best thing ever, but then I think the more I grow up, the thing I think that might have been just that there was no other place to go in the village, and it used to be run by um, like a neighbour. He like lived a few doors down. His name was Mark, and he was he was a brilliant landlord. Like he was just fantastic, proper proper good host. Roaring fire, Christmas Eve you couldn't even get in. Really good food. They did like this thing called a Yorkshire Square, which was a, just a massive Yorkshire pudding with an exceptional like roast dinner inside. Uh, very, very good ales and beers all night. And then he kind of t- took a step back a few years ago. And um, God, I hate how like old I sound saying this, but like, you know, when you go back and you want the pub to succeed, but you go back now. And it's just, I mean, I went back recently and there was like, I think me and my granny were the only people in there because she still lives in that village. So I took her out to the pub. We were the only people in there. There was no music being played whatsoever. It smelt of bleach. And then like we were handed this laminated piece of paper that was the menu. And it was basically like burgers. Well, no, they were called sliders. Sliders or pizza. And you thought, oh, God, I remember what what this used to be. You used to get a big, like, a big menu, beige, expensive, you know, a good GSM. Do you know what, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I'm talking about? A good wafty card of, of menu. And so it's 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 a bit of a shame what's happened to it now. I wonder what it is that possesses people. I guess it's not one decision. It's death by a thousand decisions sure. that ends up with a pub serving sliders and pizzas. Because I guess enough people think... They try to sort of chase what people want and end up giving giving people something that no one actually wants. Yeah, I think you're right. What's the most depressing item on a pub menu? Because I think Hunter's Chicken might be up there. Hunter's Chicken is a great shout. That's a, it's a little bit of a warning sign, isn't it, if a pub does a Hunter's Chicken? I, I'm going to say it's like deep-fried squid. Really? I just yeah. think it's a sign that the pub has gone so far away from right. pub fare. And if you want deep fried squid, are you going to have it in a pub? And is it squid? Yeah, I would say it's whenever it just says cheesy chips. Oh, come on, Maisie. <laughs> no, you can serve it, but you've got to at least dress it up and call it, I don't know, what do they call it in Canada? Poutine or something, or call it truffle truffle cheese fries or something. Yeah, oh, right, you need to zhuzh it up a bit, you think. But if you're just yeah. calling it cheesy chips, I'm thinking, mm-mm, mm-mm. I like cheesy chips because it makes me think of the 90s. 
Really? Yeah, I think that was the the sort of the first time chips had really got a rebrand. <laughs> the cheesy chips revolution. Listen, I love cheesy chips, but I like them in a polystyrene carton at the end of a night, not as a side dish in a country pub. Okay, interesting. So the Black Swan is sort of our local where 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 we grew up, but Leeds in general was exceptional for pubs. Yeah, one of the great pub cities, yeah. Are you two aware of the Otley Run? Yes, I think we are, because, like, what's the great pub we, we've been to? The White, White Lock, Lock Sale White House. Oh, down the side off Brigate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I think I've been... I've been so lucky with Leeds in finding Whitlock's so early, but in a sense, it stopped me going anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, same. And uh, but so that that wouldn't be part of the Otley Run, though, would it? Then Maisie? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. The Otley Run. So it's it's meant to start in Otley, which is this sort of out outer borough town, really, of of Leeds, and you're meant to go all the way along into Leeds. I think there's 26 pubs, but you can start around Hyde Park and start there, and I think that's about 13. And you go down some lovely ones there. Really, look, the library, which is also a music venue, the old library on Woodhouse Lane, that's that's a lovely pub. Oh, I've done gigs there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you probably have. That. It's a nice pub, though. Yeah. But no, I don't think White Locks um, made, made, it, made it in. Mm. But yeah, great pub city. It's very, very good. We, I think we always mention this, but do you like the Broodnell Social Club? Did you, did you ever go there? Of course. If you've got to go, Brudenell. I, I, like, I mean, I know it, to be honest, way more of a a, a, a music venue than a pub. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever been just for a, a pint, but mm. it's, a, it's a fantastic venue. It's a fantastic venue. If I was introducing somebody to where I'm from and I wanted to show the area off, I'm going Leeds all day long, not, not the Black Swan in, in panel. Maybe 10 years ago, I'd have gone to the Black Swan in Panel. Panel? Panel. That's the village. Yeah. How do you spell that? P-A-N-N-A-L. Right. Interesting. I've never heard of Panel before. Oh, you've not lived. A nightlife mecca it is. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. Not one to pre-guess your selections, but I'm I'm thinking it's going to be more pint and less frozen woo-woo. Yes, you'd be correct. Let's start with your two draft options, please, Maisie. So my first one would always be a Cronenberg, a 1664. I love a pint of a pint of numbers. People say that down here, and I really don't like it. I find it such an ick. Really, <laughs> I would say you, that. Would sometimes. you ever say a pint of yeah, numbers? Yeah, we say that quite a lot. My reasoning is. It, they say it in Detectorists, so that's why I started saying it. Do you, would you say it genuinely, Robin? I would. I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't order it. 
I wouldn't order it at the bar. But I don't mind it. But if you went to the bar to get around and I said, can I have a Cronenberg or a 60-64, please, would you then relay that to the person behind the bar as, can I get a pint of numbers? No, I wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't do that. But I did overhear someone order a, a pint the other day. They went, oh, can, can I have a pint of neck, please? Uh, as in neck oil. And I, I'm oh, really, no, that, good. that gave me the That's a big fat ick. no. That's a big fat no. Did not like that. Not no 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 I don't like that but I've I, I really like a a sixty sixty four I've I've always just sort of um I think it's one of those things where it's like you've always had it as your go to pie and then it just feels like it feels quite wrong to go anywhere else also you can get it everywhere you can get it everywhere but you're not judged for having it I don't think anyway how do you guys feel about about it I like it yeah I I used to when John and I lived together. That would be my go-to bottle in the fridge. Oh, okay. We played Settlers of Catan. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, but yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, as you say, it's very reliable, isn't it? I like it. I like it. But I would always order it as a 1664, which feels a bit of a mouthful, but it's because I refuse to say a part of numbers or, even worse, a crony B. A crony oh, B. Oh, dear me, no. Yes. Have you not heard that, John? Oh. No, I've never heard that. Yeah, I've heard that a few times. A crony B, that's really gross. Horrific, isn't it? The thing I like about Cronenberg is they haven't gone full chalice like Stella has. I'm not a big fan of the Stella chalice. No, really. No, 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 no. That's a, that's such a good point. Um, no, nowhere near a chalice for me. I mean, I like the way it makes it very bubbly because they've got that kind of uh, what's it called, nucleated bit at the bottom. But so that is good for that. But I, I don't really like the shape of it. I, you know, so I'd rather have a pint glass. Yeah, I like that the pint glass of a, of a Cronenberg looks almost like a, a football trophy. Yes. <laughs> Which trophy does it look like? Is it the Carabao Cup? It looks a bit like. I don't know. I just think it looks like you could. Raise it aloft. Who are the key chalice offenders in the mainstream beer market? Moretti. Bira Moretti, all day. Stella. Mm. Who else is, is rocking the chal? Oh, I think you get your madries in chalice, don't you? Well, of course you do. Of course you get your madries in a chalice. You can't say rocking your chal and then look down at people to say <laughs> crony B. Excuse me, is this, is this a point of numbers, rocking a chal? No, no. <laughs> Do you know what it's give? Do you know what it's 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 sort of rocking the chow, crony B. <laughs> it's 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 sort of um. It's got platy jubes energy. Yeah, I was going to say uh, platy yes, jubes. Yeah, bit of platy jubes knocking around. Yeah. And um, it's a little bit Boaty McBoat face. Yes, isn't it? there yeah. is that. Yeah. 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 I tell you, it's weird with things like that because when Nigella first said micro wave, I thought that's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. But now it's kind of become a thing and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I hate myself. Well, the first time I heard uh, Marsh Dupree, Primark. No. Oh, right. I, th- I thought that was very funny. Primarni's quite good. Primarni. Primarché. Primarché. It's quite funny when you hear it. I quite like calling tenants tenants. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you ever have tenants outside of the Edinburgh Fringe? No. 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 I don't think I've seen it anywhere outside of... Scotland. No, but I, what I mean is I would never even have it outside of the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so if you if you went to Edinburgh now, you wouldn't have your tenants? If I did a gig in Glasgow, I, I don't think I could order a tenants because it would just fill me with a pure anxiety. 
<laughs> make you, yeah, right. Uh, so you'd have the Pavlovian reaction, maybe. So first up, uh, you've got Cronenberg, 1664, under no circumstances to be referred to as Crony B. Uh, what's your second draft item? Uh, this would be, oh, now, if you're not a fan of the chalice, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, but I quite like a Star of Praman, which usually comes in... What would what do you describe it? It's almost like a glass mug, isn't it? Oh, a tankard. Well, a, a kind of... stein. Yeah. A stein. But it's too soft to be a stein. It's not like a mm. it's mug like. It's sort of like a miniature stein, isn't it? I find Staropramon a bit a bit headachey. I don't know why. Do you? Well, it's because it's very strong. It is, it is. Uh, I'm not thinking of the stein. Well, no, I am thinking of the stein, but a Staropramon glass isn't a stein. It's basically a sort of smoothed version of a traditional handled pint glass yes so it's sort of it's it's modern with a nod to tradition i don't like the star of praman um beer glass though it's one of those ones that's like got a a wide base then it goes very thin and comes out a bit like a cobra yeah you're not a fan of those not a fan of those the ones that look a bit like sort of like an ice cream yes though i wouldn't mind one in, for example, Amsterdam Airport, because there's something about when whenever you're in Europe, those glasses feel much more like right, but they look smaller than a pint. I think I've picked Star of Praman because of its sort of sentimental uh, attachment to me. I don't think anyone's referred to Star of Praman in that way as having before. a sentimental <laughs> attachment to it. Yeah. But me and my fiance got engaged in Prague last year. And it was basically all we drank the whole week. And I, I I think because it was like in proper like winter, it was snowing all the time and you're having it out of these, yeah, I guess like smooth tankard. They're like a Toby jug without any Toby jug features. And they've got the little skyline of Prague on there. Like a Toby jug of Voldemort's face. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's how we describe a Star of Praman glass. <laughs> A Toby jug of Voldemort's face. Um, I think uh, I'm never going to have that sentimentality now because I will go to drink it and I'll just see. I'll just see that. I love it. I know it is quite a dense, dense beer, isn't it? I think it's 5%, but it depends. They do different types as per because like, I think in... In England, whenever you, or Britain, whenever you get like a star prominent draft, you don't realise that perhaps where it comes from, there are about 10 different versions of it. So I think it comes in somewhere between 4.7 and, and 5%. So it's it's pretty heady. I had that with um, with Peroni when I went to Italy. You order a Peroni there and they're just like, which one? And you go, mm. I didn't think there was more than, than one. Turns out there's loads. Yeah, I went to a, a stayed at a, in a golf club in Portugal where they had five types of Superbock. Five? Yeah, it was it was quite extraordinary. Um, they had like a dark one and a, an IPA and a pale one and then your classic. I, I'm just interested, given that you, you're sort of um, growing up in panel and your time in Leeds, not, a, not an ale drinker? I'm not massively into my ale, I'll be honest, guys. Sorry. It's it's just not for me. I like that. Well, I think I think you'll get the real measure of where I go beer wise um, when we move on to my bottled choices. But it's it's right the other end of a of an ale. I'll be honest. Oh well, let's let's dive in there now. Let's go. 
you've got two bottles or cans. Uh, what are you going to go for? Oh, the, the, they're bottles. So my my first one is a is a beer, and it's um, oh, I'm, I've been so nervous about saying this one. Um, it's the Mongozo banana beer. Ooh la la! Ooh. How do you feel about that? What's your initial reaction? You're going to have to wait till I've uh, looked it up in the old mind. I thought you were going going to go Alcopop territory. Oh come on, Robin! Give me something. <laughs> Give me some credit. A Mongozo banana beer. I have to say, I like the bottle very much. It's very bright. It's nice, blue and yellow with foil around the neck. Yeah, mm. it's. Um, I'm not sure. I'm entirely keen on the name of the brewery. <laughs> What's? Uh, it's called Delirium Tremens. Oh. It's a Belgian wit beer with a base beer blended with banana juice. I like the label. Well, also, you get, like, um, honey beers, and I think I've seen a banana bread beer, so it sort of makes sense that you would use something to give it a bit of a flavour. Does it taste of bananas? Yes, and it's delightful. Would you ever have a banana milkshake? I, I, I find it tastes like medicine. Medicine? Yeah, did you ever get that banana-y medicine? Yeah, it's antibiotics for kids. They used to, it would come in a banana-y flavour. I don't like industrial banana flavour, whereas I don't mind a banana itself. Ah, uh, but but something like, um the, the you know, the little foam banana sweets, that's a no from you. Oh, no thanks. Ah, uh, no thanks. okay. Oh, well, weirdly, I like them. Yeah, well, this is big um, sort of foam banana vibes, I think. It's sort of um, a very artificial taste. But it's so lovely. On a hot day, it's gorgeous. You couldn't have a night on it, could you? I mean, how many could you drink in a sesh? I mean, I I reckon you could do five. It's only three point six percent, so it's not too. It's a very nice sort of quaffing uh, percentage. That I suppose you're more worried about the the potassium overkill, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Well, how much banana gee you're going to have for the rest of the evening? I'd li- I'd like to try it. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not poo pooing it. You will be if you have five. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. I, uh, I I would strongly encourage you try a Mongozo banana beer. I'd, I'd like to give it a go. And uh, is it quite easily available? I don't think I've even seen it before, but maybe I've not been looking. I've only been able to have it at a bar in Leon C, which is my right. where my best friend lives, and it was her local, and... She was like, oh, you've got to try these banana beers. And now, I'll be honest, I go more for the banana beers more than to see my best friend. <laughs> She's a byproduct of the Mongozo. It's a nice place to drink. That There's a street in Leon Sea just down by the, uh, I guess you'd call it the river, the beach. Sorry, is it a beach? Yeah, it is a beach. Oh, yeah, in Old Lee with those nice pubs. Yeah, and there's one that's also, I think I might have mentioned it, when we were talking about pubs that are also other things because it's a pub and a fish and chip shop. Oh, really? Um, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. One door's for the fish and chip shop and one door for the pub. Very pleasant. I like that. Uh, so what would be your second bottle or can? So after you've had your Mongozo banana beer, I thought I should go for a, a wine. Now, um, I'm sorry, I'm not overly developed in the wine area. Um, I don't do red blanket, no. Just Blanket no on all red. Happy with a rosé, happy with a white wine. However, if ever they have on a menu, anywhere we go out, if they have a pit pool white wine, I'm there. I'm all over it. It's ever so nice. Oh, yeah. 
so that's that's a um oh god what's it called the type of wine how do you spell that again p i oh it's a yeah a, a p a, a pickpool de pinay is it in that sort of bottle that's a bit like a, a riesling bottle yeah it's very thin bottle mm. very tall and last year when we were on hot we were in france and um there was this shop that was called this is going to sound like it was a bad dream but it was incredible um we came across this shop called noz and it was imagine a whole shop that was like the middle aisle of Lidl. <laughs> so you would go there was roller skates in the same section as pasta, and that was in the same section as um adult content DVDs, right? And so we were going around this shop, sort of taking in how mad it was, and then they had Pitpool for one euro ninety a bottle. Oh, holy Moses. Oh, I've paid £25 for a bottle of it in a restaurant. So we absolutely sweeped up. We filled our baskets full of... We took out the roller skates and the pasta and we just filled it with pick pool. Um, and I, I've sort of... I loved it anyway, but I've had an even lovelier affection for it since being able to get about 30 bottles at one year or 90 a bob. Was it still nice? Because I'm guessing that the reason... It might not be that cheap over here, is it's not really worth them exporting the really cheap stuff because even if you marked it up by treble, you know it's not going to cover costs. Or did it taste just as good as the twenty-five quid bottle? Oh, it, oh, it was wonderful. I think what actually this shop is, this Noz shop, it basically absorbs all of the stock of shops that have gone out of business. Because ah. we went back a few weeks later to get more, and there was nothing. Not surprised at that price. I think we'd had all of the pit pool, so. Um, yeah, big fan of that, but I don't do red at all. I keep waiting for my taste buds to develop, but I'm 28 now, so I think I think I've liked all the things I've liked. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I remember not liking olives as a teenager, but I knew that one day I would, and 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 I did. I've grown into them, but red wine—it's just still not happened. Red wine sort of used to be when I was at uni. It was one of my go-to's to sort of take a bowl of red wine back to my room. But I have to say, in recent years, I've, I'm less likely... I, it tends to be much more with food. And I think the idea of just having a bottle of red wine on its own... You drank red wine at uni? That is a mature palate. Well, I wouldn't say the way I drank it or the way I went about sourcing it was particularly mature. Um, sort of banging on a closed bar at quarter to midnight, trying to persuade the barman to let me give him a cheque for £5 to get a bottle of red wine to take up to my room and drink on my own. doesn't sound very refined. <laughs> um, it makes a nice transition for when you're sort of frying the onions to go from, yes. you know, after your third beer to maybe have a little glass of red. What a lovely transition. Oh, it's such a good transition. When the onions just start to brown, and you're beginning to add the other ingredients, then maybe it's time to switch to the red. But yeah, Picapool de Pinay, it's very good. It's also not too strong a wine. It's in the sort of 12 to 13% region. Yeah, you're not going to embarrass yourself if you have a whole bottle of Picapool, I don't think. You're still you're still in safe territory. Well, we were very close to getting a clean sweep for lagers there with Bergen Star, Praman on draft, uh, the Mongozo banana beer in bottles. But then... Right at the last minute, in came the Pickpool de Pinay. 
so we take a break from creating your dream pub, Maisie. We're going to find out a bit what it looks like, what kind of vibe it would be. But we must, we must expand our brains in the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Oh. Thanks, John. <laughs> Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. And this week, it's a spicy quiz because it's a quiz about spices and herbs. Or if you're American, herbs. So three questions about herbs and spices with the answers in part two. Maisie, are you a fan of the pub quiz in general? Love a pub quiz. That was the main draw to the Black Swan back in the day. Nice, the panel quiz. Well, let's see how you get on with this uh, spicy, spicy quiz. So question one is... What five spices make up Chinese five spice? Caveat, there are many variants of Chinese five spice, so the closest you can get to the version I have here, Sainsbury's own, the better. So there we go, that's question one. What five spices make up Chinese five spice? Question two, which spice contains myristicin, a natural compound that has and hallucinogenic effect if ingested in large doses. So which spice contains myristicin? I think I'm pronouncing that right. A natural compound that has an hallucinogenic effect if ingested in large doses. And question three. Which spice is so expensive that an artificial version was created using castorium? And castorium is the anal secretions of beavers. You what? Yeah, absolutely true. Beavers' butts make which spice (laughs) the artificial variant. You've probably eaten it. So there we go. Those are your three questions about spices. I've not eaten beaver butt. Never. (laughs) Superb pub quiz there, Robin, with seven points on offer, it would seem. So Yeah, I suppose there are. Yeah, seven points, yeah look forward to uh, finding out what makes up Chinese Five Spice and what they use a beaver's butt to make but we will head over to part two now so thank you very much for listening to part one we'll be back with Maisie in part two you can let us know all of your thoughts feelings and reflections john at moonunderpod.com and also don't forget to check out the bonus podcast Behind the Cellar Door which you can access through Patreon head over to moonunderpod.com to find out all about that but we'll see you back very soon Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.